The record button has been pressed, so it is time for... Going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. <laughs> but, we hit a flow in the conversation. Um, I think I'm... Open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with... I think I'm going to hit. Finding the Flow with Joel Franklin. Guest Valerie, Valerie in the house. <laughs> All right. That, that's my usual sequence. I always forget to, to get uh, that in. So I have a guest today. Um, episode maybe 42? Uh, finding the flow with Jill Franklin. So she's actually never heard the title till now. And, um, we actually kind of put this together on a lark. Um, so I have together in studio, uh, Val, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we came to the studio to work on her project. She has, um, an opera, uh, that she's working on that, uh, that, uh, well, you, maybe you can explain more more uh, than me. Why don't, why don't you just try to culminate what it, what it is to you? Let me see. Well, it is it's an initiation opera, and this is like my little spiel that I used to give people when I used to try to pitch this thing all the time yeah, yeah, a yeah. few years there, ago. So you got good practice. Well, yeah, it's been a while. I'm out of practice, but anyway, it's it's basically this: is that every ancient culture ever studied initiated their young when they reached the threshold of sexual maturity. So, I mean, it was just universal. And, you know, people who studied all the indigenous cultures of the whole world, of the whole earth, there were two things they had in common. One was the incest taboo, and the other one was that they initiated this adolescent initiation. Interesting. So, and, so, and that was before we had all these things that really distorted our humanity including the media and all the different influences and abuse and all these kind of things. Like modern culture. Like modern and, culture. Yeah, and all, all its things that disconnect us from nature, which a lot of primal societies had connection to nature. Exactly. Right? Connection to their, their like primal emotions. Right. So, but, so even before there was all, so much wounding and, and disconnection, they, they, they understood like that uh, the adolescent threshold was really important and just to break the, you know, just, I'm just going to say a little more about initiation, but just to break the childhood imprint. So the imprinting of childhood is like you are suckling the breast, you're receiving all your nourishment from one person, and you're protected in a baby. Well, you can't, you know, so, so those are the things that you're imprinted with in childhood that you cannot go on to be an adult with those imprints. Mm-hmm. So the, the ancient initiations were basically just, you know, weren't so much about healing all these wounding, but breaking those dependent. Uh, so, so it's like bre- the ultimate breaking uh, the independence. It's yeah. It's breaking the dependency and then hoping, hoping that a young person would open up to the whole universe as a source of nourishment and Instead of thinking to get nourishment from one human being. Okay, so so your opera is using this this concept as its foundation. This, exactly, exactly. So it's based on this these ancient wisdom traditions that you know that there we need a very intensive education right about adolescence and. So yeah, it's based on that. So, but it's an opera. It's a rock opera, yeah. and it's and it's using this ancient wisdom. 
but in a really modern way. But yeah. So so Valerie had this written out um, on, on paper, but she she mostly had you know basically had someone interpret it on some sheet music, and then now is kind of you know reverse you know you know singing it back, and so there you know we're kind of um, uh, what do you call it um, when you when you ironing ironing out the the uh, inconsistencies and and the things that that are different from how she feels it is and how it's written down there through the studio and using loops and stuff like that and hearing ourselves and and uh, and helping us get some more ideas so uh, during this whole time you know to actually get her opera I had to really listen to her talk about it just like she did now you know it's like a concept that can't be understood unless you understand the concept you can't just jump into this without understanding what it really means so that was neat and so so let me get bearings before we get back into this so that's why Valerie's in studio with me today and so when we were having our conversation it was fun and I thought well this is a perfect setting to maybe have a quick conversation and maybe not, not so quick. I don't, I don't know. I mean, sometimes the way conversations go, you know, we'll see what happens. So, um, so I just want to, um, touch base with my guys out there. Uh, I heard all your, uh, well, it was Dan this week and I don't think I heard anything from Chris though. This means nothing to Val, but she'll just That's sm- okay. smile. Maybe us... one day I'll meet your friends. Yeah. 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 Or so, hear their podcast. Yeah. I hear their podcast, which, which is all great. Actually. I, I would recommend them to anyone, but, uh, <laughs> anyways, Dan put out, uh, one that was, that uh, was nice. I think, um, uh, Oh, Scott put out one, but I haven't heard it yet. Uh, so, so I, I liked, um, Dan's, uh, <laughs> uh, it was full of, uh, Dan's usual, um, self-criticism and then talking about his self-criticism. <laughs> uh, but also I, I just love, you know, Dan, don't get worried about anything you put out there. You know, I know you feel like you were, you were, um, what, what do you call it? Uh, put, um, like, like, uh, calling it in. But I, I, I thought that, um, just, just, it, it's funny to hear raw talking, it's 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 like it's part of the whole podcast spirit and i think that it's it's so addictive and so so real if you're just being real and the fact that you were being real there doesn't makes it all worthwhile you know it makes it so that it doesn't matter what your performance is i still am completely entertained just like i'm entertained with scott and, and chris like i might not remember everything but i knew that i felt good to hear you guys voices and to to you know just uh whatever we're doing whatever we're being through whatever we're in and that's what i'm doing too and i i think that's fun because you know i f- like obviously through all experience i feel myself through you guys and and so i feel you there and i feel like once again, you don't have to be self-critical, but maybe that being you is the thing, you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so now moving on to Valerie. Um, uh, so so let, let's get talking. Um, so Val, by the way, I met Val over at the fellowship. Um, she and my daughter have, uh, <laughs> Sophia, have... have um, uh, you know, found each other very quickly. So Sophia loved Val right from the beginning, and that's actually kind of you know rare. There's like three or four ladies at the fellowship that you know, I mean, I specifically say ladies because Sophia just she opens up to women better, and then there's three or four that she just like right away talking, playing along with, and that doesn't happen. A lot of, some people don't even think she talks. You know, that's that's how drastically different it is. And so it's, it's just fun to see that sort of, you know, and obviously that leaves an impression. And so that was the first gateway to get to know Val and, 
you know, and uh, Val, I always see a lot of colors on. She's got like the, the tie dyes sometimes, you know, and everything, you know, and I think that her and Scott would get into like, like the same vibes. Like Scott's a big uh, um, uh, meditator and he's into the Buddhist philosophies oh, cool. and stuff like that. And so I, I think that um, a lot of your concepts in this, this beginning kind of um, I feel like remnants of, of your, like I've heard that there's an ohm versions of like like meditating where you do right and i think i think actually um scott does things like that well i studied a bo- a at a buddhist college yeah once and in colorado yeah go go ahead well i'm just going to tell you just like i'm going to tell you just because it's funny when i first conceived of the opera the first vision that i had and i was living in boulder and i had you know i was like 30 and I had already been in the army. I'd graduated from college. You know, I had. A, I was already, how, how long were you in the army? I was in the army for three years. See, this is cool because I'm getting to know Valerie too. Right. Know? So I mean, I joined the army to get away from partying, actually, because I'm from New Orleans, and you know, partying is a. So so were you enlisted? I enlisted after yeah. I graduated from college. I enlisted won, in the army. Huh? It was it was pretty. I was oh, no, I went in as an E3 because oh, I had okay, graduated had some college? from college. Oh, okay. Okay. And um. So, but I, I I was in Boulder and I actually moved to Boulder and I went to this Buddhist college and studied dance therapy and actually the army, I got the army How college Buddha, fund while I, I mean, was going there's there. A Buddha, like explain Buddhist college. Now. Well, this place is really fascinating. It's called Naropa and a um, Tibetan monk founded it. And, you know, he was there with like Allen Ginsberg and all those beat poet guys. They started teaching classes and all these kind of alternative things. And this guy, Trungpa Rinpoche, his life work was not only to open, to found the school, but to have it become accredited. So uh-huh. you could actually get financial aid to go there. And I actually got my army college fund. <sighs> so when I was dancing at Naropa, I'm like, the army is paying, is paying for it. to dance. <laughs> so it was really great. And I got there, and I did. Um, I, I moved to Boulder. It was really this long story, but I did a ten-day fast, you know, one winter, and I didn't eat anything, and I was doing colonics, and you know, it was really extreme. And I read, and I checked out like a hundred books from three different libraries, uh-huh. and I was hunkering down for this like two-week period that I was doing uh-huh. this intense cleanse. And I read Joseph Campbell for the first time, and I'd been really wanting to read Joseph Campbell because I'd been hearing about him. And on the tenth day of the cleanse, uh-huh. I had this like I was just it was like being struck by lightning. I was just like boom, yeah. and I was like hit. I was on the floor sobbing uh-huh. i was just like oh my god you know and it was just like initiation films initiating films you know that this is the real work of the world is to initiate people through films and uh-huh. it, but it was just this screaming in my head uh-huh. I, I was I, and i had no context for this kind of experience yeah and, and i i mean just thinking about how um, we've been kind of using this concept of of meditation or, or or um like getting to a place of 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 like enlightenment and like it's funny because um, fasting, I think, is a very oh key God. way of like you're in such control of this very utterly like essential part of our being, you know, this life source of food or whatever, and and to isolate that and everything, it gets you in such a pure state of mind, right? It was unbelievable. So yeah. here I had had this this experience that I was really just like floored, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, just like oh my gosh, and I was, I thought. 
I'm having, a, I'm like, whoever is supposed to do this work, please help them. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, what has to be, you know, and I was, but it never occurred to me then that I would do the work. That yeah. it was my vision. Yeah. And it was something like 15 years later that suddenly I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that vision was for me. I mean, you know, after I, you know, went and learned a lot of other things. and But it was just so funny how life takes you on a journey. And especially if you open yourself up by fasting and those kind of things. And also, I mean, I had gone to this Buddhist college basically to develop myself spiritually and yeah. emotionally and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and it sounds like you. It's interesting, and that actually makes me think of certain certain things because, like, um, it makes me think about my children and how what I say and what I do. Because kids will hear you; they might not understand it now, but they don't forget it. You know what I mean? The Just imprints. Like, yeah, the imprints. And so it's interesting because, like, I think about that, and there's things that I'm still figuring out. Like, all of a sudden, oh, that's what he meant. Or, oh, that's what that meant. Or blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny how, how long we can hold on to something and how we can, like, in, in uh, yeah, like, what did you call it? Um, uh, that you do when you're a child? You, you Imprint. Imprint, yeah. You can imprint these things on you, and you might don't even know why. No, so if I could, can I tell a little quick Sophie story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because she's so cute, and I just adore her. Yeah. But she, she'll find, she'll come into work, and she'll see me, and she'll point, and she'll be like, you! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, me! And she likes to come upstairs, and she, she's now she, she's very comfortable. So she comes, she goes, I want to go upstairs and be on the hammock. Yeah. So yeah. she comes upstairs, and we get her on the hammock, and she's like, can I have some coconut? Because she knows <laughs> I, you know, I get these fresh coconuts and end up freezing it and then she's like play some music oh man because one day she came up and i was like i'm gonna play a song for you and i've been playing the satyagraha mm -hmm. philip glass that's this and actually it's, oh, it could, philip be, glass is awesome, it could be you singing in this yeah. one gorgeous piece and it's yeah. just so funny and she comes up, i'm gonna and she just comes up and feels so at home and yeah. says play up play the music give me some coconut please yeah and anyway. you probably are imprinting something in her you know like like there's millions of opportunities to make some imprints well know? and then also i have all these uh tibetan uh bowls and she comes up and she's like you know we play yeah, those yeah, 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 and yeah. i have the um solfeggio scale uh -huh, tuning uh -huh. forks and uh, -huh, uh, -huh. uh chimes oh man and... she loved that stuff. yeah yeah uh -huh. so she's coming up she's getting a good little yeah, yeah. I mean, she she spent hours up there, like, and she probably doesn't want to go, right? Yeah, she come. Yeah, today she hung out with Lelia, or was it yesterday? I don't know. My daughter uh -huh. was there, so no. Yeah, she... And it's, how was her relationship with Lelia? Oh, it's fine. It's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At first, she at first she wouldn't stay with Lelia, but now she's just like no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's. She, it's funny to see her because, like I said, like how some people. I don't know if I caught it on this, but like. Um, Sophia is so hard to warm up to some people, but yet other people right away, like Val, um, I, I, I should tell you, I mean, this might not mean anything to you, but this might help you, but other people that she opened to right away was Nam, Sema, you, and Bridget, Bridget came really quickly after, but not right away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Sema and Nam, those are very gentle yeah. people. And, and like almost, um, they... They're very welcoming to children, if not even children themselves. You know what I mean? Right. Well, anyway, and she's just adorable. She's yeah. Just, I, yeah. I feel it, really blessed that she's around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, those imprints, I, I don't know. It's just, it's huge. And so, and so now, could you uh, relate imprints, like you were saying something about them, relate imprints to this concept? So, I mean, this particular piece, um, 
so first or, or I mean the concept of your opera. Well, right. I'm just want to say a little. So this this one piece that we're working on now yeah. is um, it's actually like a ritual to heal childhood wounds, and it's actually it's it's a, a, all through music and chanting and and voice, and it's to break imprints. So because no, there you go. Okay. It's, so it's, it's the it's whole point of this one, right on. and this you know I I chose this one to develop out of the whole larger work because it's the least controversial. Because who can argue with breaking? negative childhood imprints yeah totally because it, it does the rest of the opera gets into some sex education and you know it's a little more uh, it's, yeah. well, well like like you would think of something when you're having a ritual as a coming of age situation right right because that that is also has to do with sex too well, so, so it's more about sexuality but this one so i chose this one because i was doing it at the fellowship and i was like well who could have a problem with this probably, yeah. but it's basically to break and break an imprint and it, yeah, there's a certain kind of uh, the ancients knew about a kind of technology of of breaking imprints, which is, you know, heating, letting something cook and holding it, and in a contain. We talked about this earlier about containment, which containment. If you just read about yeah, you were talking about the 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 um the the most fundamental uh, the fundamental elements of of alchemy. Uh, which, you know, alchemy might be a term that might, might be a turn off as, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, um, what do you call those type of sciences that are, that are half, you know, like pseudoscience kind of, um, uh, tone to it. But really, if you think of just this fundamental of what alchemy is talking about, it's really just a fundamental scientific fact that for any change to happen, you need a container energy and a substance and something to be transformed, to be transformed. something to be transformed and yeah. that's basic alchemy and then of course alchemy what makes you think of turning stuff to gold or whatever but of course that's an inter- internal that's, process yeah exactly and that's that's just that could even be a symbolic way of talking about so, alchemy of ourselves exactly and then if you look at like basic initiation the science of initiation or the archetype of initiation then you can also break that down and you know into the various parts and it's the call Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you get called and then usually you're not sure. Uh-huh. And then you go into another place and usually it's like you're going down under uh-huh. or you're going up. You know, you're taking a somewhere journey, different from where you completely are. different. And it's basically a symbolic death. Uh huh. That's of, you, of, of your some, old self. Of the death of the old self. Yeah. And then a birth of the transformation of the, of the new self. And then it, what's really interesting in, 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 in initiations is that it's, it's really critical. And you, wouldn't, you would think, okay, that's enough, right? Death and rebirth and all that, great. But actually, being witnessed is key. Uh, yeah. Is that someone sees you. So this is the concept that really gets me. Because you can kind of, with those three elements of, of alchemy, you can really concept the energy energy is you know all around us and it can be honed and everything you can understand the substance the substance is us the substance is you know our individuality and then uh or, or it could be a month a whole different but something substance is just something you know it's something to be transformed and then and then the yes. container is the most hardest to explain in a in a symbolic what does this represent and so it's interesting because you were talking about what what it means to be a container i think that's the the most of the meat of what makes it so interesting is that that's the hardest to get but then it's profound when you do well and it's interesting what kind of people understand that concept and yeah. it's, it's and it's an advanced concept it's advanced in, concept in Jungian philosophy you're y- saying Jungian, but you know if you talk to a midwife uh-huh 
or a doula, someone who works with they birth, get which it. is, of course, is a transformation. The... They understand completely yeah. because if you, if the, if someone's not holding the space for that person, they're going to have a really hard time dilating and, yeah. and have you know really releasing enough to be able to go through that transformational process. Um, so they get it completely, and they're really and, good and at even, it. And like like reproduction starts off in a in a you know, container. Well, absolutely. The and whole anything, process is no, happening. Whether you lay eggs, whether you, you, whatever, there's always something that forms inside something that is released. Absolutely. And um, the, the classic... That's, that's as literal a container as it gets. The classic symbol for containment is the womb. The womb, yeah. Right? I mean, that is, you know, containment is the womb. Anytime you're even trying to create a container, you're creating a womb space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Exactly. I mean, that to me, transformational processes is... is is my area of expertise, in and, which it's endlessly fascinating. I don't even think you can be and an expert endless, on And there's endless transformations you can go through. Absolutely. Because, I mean, like, just, just us changing. I mean, we change ourselves. Like, like think of yourself, you know, 10 years ago or I mean, a year ago, and you could say, I've transformed. I don't know when exactly, but I'm definitely a different person now than I was before. So uh, there's, a, there's a, I took, you know, at, at this Buddhist college, I took a, you know, pretty advanced Jungian class and with this brilliant teacher. And she talks about it like this. You're always on a plane, right? Mm-hmm. And you're coming, going along. And no matter how advanced or not advanced you are, you're going along on a plane. And you're going to reach a point where you reach the point where it's not really working anymore and you have to go through they call it the um, tension of opposites tension of opposites and most people hit that place where you hit the tension of opposites and they want to go back and they want to go back and they want to go back so they get in a loop they they get in a loop of of like of they can't change right so but the key is and we don't have so much support for it in our society but you have to go through the tension of opposites and if you willingly go into the tension of opposites which you feel crazy and we've been talking about opposites and dualism a lot in this this podcast like oh, nice. the, the idea of like that there's Polarity. always some opposite to it and also the male female is is obviously part of that whole like um universal concept of the opposites that always exist so, so you, you have, have to, to get through to the tension of opposites, of that, which a lot of times is could be through your marriage, you know, or through relationships with people. But I mean, I've been put in tension of opposites with my wife. I don't know how many times, you know. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's really easy to to, to, put, to, to put your tension of opposites on your partner instead yeah. of like going through it yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, but, it's but there, human nature. But it's it's not necessarily through her. I am going through it through me. But she's the representation of the opposites that I have to deal with. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And that happens so many times. I mean, it's like, like you know, I know she's right, but I don't want her to be right. I don't, I'm don't. i going to deny her all the way until finally I'm just like, finally, you're right. Okay. But I'm still right, too. So anyway, once you get through the tension of opposites, then you're then you you're able to go to the next level. Yeah. And then you're on that level, and the same thing's going to happen again. You're going to hit the tension of opposites. I mean, that's just the way, that's the way and, that humans... Uh, and you described something about how you... you um, you never knew you were an artist. Oh, my God. Well, no, I didn't know I was an artist until I was, like, almost 30. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember saying in my that, 20s, that's, like... That's right when you were d- during that fasting, the 30, like, right, right during I was before that, college. actually. Actually, I went, I joined the it Army. Was before and I was, or after college? After college. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was going to go to law school. I majored in um, history, <laughs> and I just didn't have real artistic training or you know I just didn't ever think of myself as an artist and then I was in Germany in the army living in Germany and I started painting and I was like oh my god I'm an artist 
wow, I never had thought about it. And I didn't know, even know what that meant, being an artist. But once I decided I'm not going to law school, I'm pursuing art. I mean, I was just, you know, completely following my inner muse. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I ended up dancing. And, you know, I thought and, dancing and was my art. You were saying like something about how this inner part of you was in you. But um, you were in a, had a point where you were in the closet. Well, yeah. I mean, I, because first, even once I decided that I was an artist. Yeah. Okay. And I was take, taking these classes. so funny because I was taking, you know, and I was, and I wanted, I was dancing and I was t studying dance, you know, taking dance classes and studying dance therapy. And, you know, I, in my earlier, when I used to drink back in my twenties, I would have these really wild experiences dancing where I would transform an entire room and have these really powerful experiences, but I couldn't do it sober. And I was chasing, I was like, you know what, I, I, giving up partying and I want to find a way to use my, that wild streak that I have in art or whatever. So here I was and I was trying to break through this thing of being afraid to dance in front of people while I was studying in Boulder. And I was also taking a class that people were working on their voices. And I had friends in that class that were you know, getting in touch with their voice and their vocal expression and starting bands and becoming singers. And it didn't even occur to me then that I would work with my voice. Yeah. It didn't, I never once thought about it. And it's so funny because then you know, so many years, anyway, then it just ends up, I'm extremely creative. I'm an artist through and through that I had no idea. I, you know, I was always labeled smart. Well, I was smart because I was creative, yeah. you know, like it never. Oh yeah. I mean, I found that the most, uh, it's funny where creativity comes from, first of all, um, because I think creativity is like probably, it's like almost the most um, intuitive part of ourselves, you know, in, in a weird way, because intuition kind of seems like a, like a real mental sort of like um, logical, but really intuition is combining the art with our, with our mind. It's, it's a, even sometimes letting go of the mind altogether. It's like, like being um, creative is being in the childlike manner with no sort of containment it's play. on you. You're free. Play. It's, exactly. it's all about play. Play. And so it's funny because it's so natural for children and then it's beaten out of us and then we have to discover it again. You know, and, and it's so interesting because cause it's still obstacles to, to, you know, through and through, but we don't see the obstacles as children or it's impossible to see the obstacles as children because of our complete egocentricness or whatever, but also in our development. But yet we're completely perfect creative beings as a ch child and we got to get to a childlike place to become creative. as Totally. Well. And it's so funny because I was watching you last week singing and performing in the Goethe room with yeah. your children there with you and it's especially Ada standing there holding on to the bottom of yeah, your leg. She, she doesn't see that I'm performing or anything. She's just like, what's going well, on? Well, I think, you know, and I see my daughter who's not shy at all, who got up and will speak in front of people because now she's been witnessing me out. Mm -hmm. Right. So she doesn't have any problem. And I'm thinking about your children, how easy it's going to be for yeah, them yeah, yeah. to be out yeah. and with their gifts. You know, because I didn't have, you know, my parents didn't do any kind of self-expression. And I, it's funny because I, I, I went to this um, dance thing last weekend and I just took this dance class. And I'm out. I mean, I can really move in front of people. And I, I was in this class with a bunch of people who were really shy to move in front of, by themselves. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Like, I worked on that for so long. <laughs> 
And that, I don't know, how could we be a culture that people are afraid to express? It's... It's very, very interesting. I mean, I mean, we all experience it. Everyone, we're, all our listeners here, we all talk about it. Just this idea of, of just, you know, like to do things in front of people and how scary it is and how, how scary it is to, to like we all, I mean, to do these podcasts, to, to worry about like this whole world of judgment and borders and barriers that, that, that are, mm. that are upon us when really we should just be putting that on the side and then start developing because we're just stuck in this place where we're holding it in and, 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 uh, but how, so what kind of education would encourage that like free expression and I, I, I don't and, know, but, but this podcast is called finding the flow. That, I, well, <laughs> I, what a nice, yeah. what a nice and, theme. And the finding the flow is just all about getting in a place where you're not thinking about the things that we think about when we're being proper. You know, the things that we're being about when we're being proper makes us think about what we're going to say, think about what the person's going to think, you know. And so you're very calculated, you're very low risk, whatever, you know. And so so in the end, like, you know, all you're saying is, oh, hi, how are you doing? You look great today. Oh, this is a great time. You know, this is beautiful. Look at the weather, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay see you later. That's about as good as a conversation you're going to have before you break down the barriers of just worrying about what people are going to think. You know, and then finding the flow. That's the idea is you got that that creative place where you are able to just let go. And I find that I've had, you know, a lot of these things called flow moments are I try to isolate this moment where it's usually very improvisatory. And it's just like I'm saying whatever comes out of my mouth and I don't care what anyone's going to think about it or whatever, you know, and uh, I, you know, and that could come in so many different ways. But that in a form, I almost call it like a meditation because it's such a focused zone of just being unhinged. Don't you think it's easier? I know for myself, like with old people and children, Uh, I can completely be in the flow. I'm not shy. I I was just talking to, who was I talking to last night about that? That um, they're more comfortable around the members than they are around, you know, the coworkers. Well, it's, it's, well totally. I yeah, mean, and, and it's so easy to just be out, you know, to really express, you know, especially if they have dementia. I think it was Sam <laughs> saying that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but it's true. Like because it's exactly it. When you're in that middle zone, or a also coworkers and everything. I mean, you can experience that with people our age. I mean, we we're experiencing now, you know, in its way. You know, I feel like flow is happening here. It's conversation. Conversation is flow. You know, and uh, and so like it can be experienced, but that is definitely the age where it like it can also brings the most like conscious stuff that bears on down on us and 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 in big social situations can really be a big elephant in the room you know i mean there there and then all the chitter chatter that people say outside of this like and you know your your work life and your private life and like how keeping so separated and keeping i don't know you know i'm sure it's all well anyway i'm 51 yeah so i'm you know i, I and i've been working on liberation for a long time mm-hmm. you know so and and plus you, you just kind of reach 50 and it's just like I'm not going to be shy anymore. I'm not holding back anymore. I mean, you know, like there's a point where it's just like, I, I don't have any time left to be yeah, and shy 50, and to hold 50 back. 50 is and one, but I mean, for members, I mean, if you get up to the point of 70 and 80, it's really just like, I don't give a shit anymore. I 
I can say whatever I want. I'm going to feel whatever I want to feel because I don't have anything to prove to anyone anymore. I don't have to maintain nothing. I am getting out of here and I don't have to worry about a thing. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of just like a child. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's so great to to do. But but don't you know, like this whole finding the flow idea? I mean, conversationally, it's one thing, but, you know, which is easier than. For instance, dancing yeah, or exactly. poetry yeah. or singing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a different thing, and I I know that. I know that. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's oh, a yeah. different thing, and I like the people at the fellowship. It's like that your brain I feel works is working differently. The closest to are the ones that I do nonverbal activities with. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have my groups that I teach, yeah. and we do exercises and everything like that. And those people, oh, we are so connected because it's not about. Yep. conversation so it's so interesting or, or even just the fact the humility of being able to let someone take care of you you know what i mean oh my God. like like when i when i i mean i don't want to but when i pick up this one lady that we have here when i have to pick her up and like fully embrace her like she hardly knows me and she just lets herself go I mean, or she has no choice really but she's very you know at this point i don't know how how it's always but she's very you know accepting of it you know and she just lets me embrace her and and I pick her up, and I and then I move her whole body to another place, and just imagine that sort of connection that just she's that, amazing, and yeah, that she's healing to work with her because you know yeah. she actually still got her period when she started needing full care. Oh wow! And had a million people helping her, and yeah. every you know, like she talked. We've you hit her journey of how vulnerable she is, and yep. she's a amazing right yeah oh yeah i, mean, so I loved i i just love to be able to come in there and turn a page you know i i don't want to get too too into details yeah. but, you but anyway but, but you I, know I know that I mean? was really just personal li- but i mean she, she has a lot of things that you can help her just by the littlest effort but i love going into that room when i can help her and she's so grateful and she's so grateful and she's so soft-spoken and she's so yeah like very a, personable she loves people yeah she really yeah, enjoys. It's, it's it's nice. It's it's and who knows, but but that yeah exactly that 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 relationship. It's 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 so nice to be able to be surrounded like that, and and also actually that is a, a relationship to community too, because those are also the people, the children and the older people that have left the responsibility to everyone else. You know, like they will not exist without us taking care of them, right? And so they have no responsibility, but yet they're so so nice to be around so you know and that and that's not experienced everywhere not everyone has the oh, children I have a in concept their life. for you have you ever heard of liminal space no liminality okay okay so let's let's liminality is a, it's a concept that i really work with in the opera um so transformation happens in liminal space uh-huh and liminal space would be the place where when you go down into you're in this transformational process and you either go down or you go up. Uh-huh. Well, that place where you're not where you were before and you're not where you're going to be. Like a limbo. Is and and you know this subliminal messages and it's like it's like things that it that uh, you're in a place where that transcends logic and so it's this middle space. Uh-huh. So and how do you create liminal space? First of all, humans thrive in liminal space it's the kind of when you're you're i don't know your mind is just cut loose actually when you're in the flow you're Uh almost it's almost like liminality but if you ever think to what about meditation 
Meditation, you're in liminal space. Yeah, that's like a stop, stopping it's a, time, it's a, right? It's stopping time. Exactly. It's yeah. stopping time. It's like yeah, no yeah, time. Yeah. I love that space because it so seldom happens during this time of our lives, or at least my life. I'm 30, you know, and I spend so much time just getting things done, taking care of people, you know, bringing home the bacon that I, I hardly ever get a seg- second to just sit there and listen to myself breathe, you but know? It, which is such a pleasure right? turn off my mind you know i i couldn't i can't turn off my mind at this Think, I, can't, um, I can't sleep through the night because i can't turn google off google liminality, liminality and you will come up with a million you know all these different articles about really you know that so anthropologists really studied like where how you know how do all these rituals and everything work and it all comes down to this concept so containment and liminality are really fascinating fascinating concepts okay so i had a few things that i wrote to to do on my podcast this week and i just want to see what how many that too yeah and and it's probably some of it relates um and and also just be just just to get those those out of here i mean even though i, I you don't seem to be you know in any rush no. you know, your list seems to be fun um so what's on your list uh okay so i'm going to just read this one because the other ones are just way too, and but this one is I think lines right up with this. I call I wrote down the note says wife becomes the new authority, but I don't mean that. Listen, let me explain. So at first, when you're a child, you have these these um, people of structure, these parents or teachers or adults that are telling you over and over what's right, what's wrong. Um, you know, you do this, you do that, you know, to, so, so, um, uh, there's a certain point where you are in tune with that. You were, you, it's like, like this, maybe five, six, it starts where you're, it's like the, um, I think what psychologists call it, like the industrious stage or whatever. You're in tune with that to the point where you, all of a sudden you go into that transformation to being an adolescent and all of a sudden you don't want anymore to listen to what they say because you're now all of a sudden able to think for yourself and become your own independent minded person and then you might be able to agree with but you also have a voice and you start to rebel and even if you 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 don't necessarily dislike everything you just through your nature being told over and over what to do you just naturally want to repel right and so um, there's that relationship and then there's that natural want to repel. And, and so I kind of got interested in, in, in talking with, with my wife because there's some sort of existence of that that happens sometimes with some relationships as, as husband and wife. And I think it happens more often than not is that in my case, like my wife, as, as far as in, in the household, she really is on top of it, you know. And she has certain ways things should be done and certain whatever. And she, she knows a lot, you know. And so, so like, a lot of times I'll be being told what to do or she's like that foundation, just like a mother again. It's like it's like I found that mother again. And maybe it's that male-female relationship. I don't know what it is, but that son-mother relationship, even though, of course, she's my wife and it's, it's completely different in some ways, but also this thing all of a sudden exists a lot. And, and so... I told I told Sarah, I'm an adult. I I am like completely like you know like 
I get everything you're saying. I know it's the right thing to do and everything, but there is something in my bones that hears that voice that sounds like my mother, my teacher, my blah, 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 that's telling me what to do that makes me say, I want to do exactly the opposite, you know? And it's, it's funny. So, so that's, that's, I don't know that that's basically where I, that's funny, but it's so great that you're aware of it. So back, you know, this all ties in with the opera and the research and initiation. So just for instance, in um, the Aborigines in Australia, it is the oldest living culture on earth. Uh huh. Right. Really. And all that exists today that exists today. And they've, it's continuous, you know, they have this continuity and, and all of their stories are all about this, how the son has to separate from the mother and the danger uh-huh. of what happens if he doesn't. So that's basically an initiation is, that, you know, for a male, they take, the, you know, traditionally, this is kind of what it would look like, is that you're about 12 and suddenly the men come and they steal you away from your mother and they take you out in the bush and they you fast and you uh-huh, do all these uh-huh. really hard things and they circumcise you maybe yeah, right then yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you come back and you are a man and you're not... Don't you know you're breaking this imprint? So, so, but all their stories are talking about the danger. How if this break doesn't happen, and it's unfortunate that most people don't get that. And mothers can really try to hold on to their sons, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, instead yeah. of knowing that there's a real letting go that has to happen, the, not that you can't stay in relationships, yeah. And but, but you know, that whole thing of thinking you get all your nourishment from one person, you can't go into adulthood and a man thinking that his wife is the source of all the nourishment rather mm-hmm. than the universe as the great mother. Wife, mother. Yeah. Right, because you, you're just switching from the mother to the wife. So yeah. it's a real growth that men have to have to almost take responsibility for themselves because in ancient cultures, the elders did that. Yeah. that you know, And we don't have elders now. So yeah. we're really in a place so of having to navigate those things. I think, things. like the the child part of me is saying, like the the primal part of me is saying, like um, I want to know that I want to do that on my own. You know, I I I know what you're saying is right, but I don't want to hear you saying it to me. You know what I mean? But it's great that you're aware of it. Yeah. And, you know, as much as you are. Yeah. And it, it, it makes me feel like a teenager. But really, I think a teenager is just. It's just where it always happens. I mean, it, but it happens in other parts of our lives. It's just that when we're a teenager, that's where it definitely happens. That's where conflict's central. That is where, boom, you are all of a sudden be, want to become an individual. And then what happens is what happens. So I just want to... Um, no, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's easy to do that. Oh, talking on the flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> flow got... <laughs> my flow just like went out the window. Oh, um, um, with, with, we were talking concepts of like, um, of, of mother and, and, and man and becoming a man and individuality and, and, uh, uh, adolescence. And I know. Anyway, mine's gone, but yeah, I was going to tie something into New Orleans because, you know, I'm oh, from okay. New Orleans and uh, you're from New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans and I moved up here after Hurricane Katrina, actually. That's how I ended up. So, but but you were in Boulder sometime. I mean, you, well, you must I mean, have been in Boulder way. Well, I um I I grew up in New Orleans, and then I joined the army after graduating from college, and okay. I lived in Germany, and then I traveled around Europe, and then I moved to Boulder, and then I moved to San Francisco, and then I moved to Mexico, came yeah. back to New Orleans, moved to Israel, lived wow. in Israel for a couple okay, of years. Okay. I mean, I went on. But New Orleans is the your... New Orleans is really the place that I'm yeah. really from. Yeah. 
and that, that like that's home. cool I, I i didn't know much about new orleans I, I i heard about it like it's how much it's uh it's a french influence in the and like i and i didn't actually understand that that was because of that that haitian population and i had no idea well, it wasn't. It's not just the Haitian population because a lot of people did come from France. Yeah. To found, yeah. you know, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the same. But the voodoo connection there. Yeah. Right? Well, the yeah. There's for the, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that, I mean, it just it just gives me a whole different perspective. So so what is well. I mean that's a whole other world to get into if you want. We, to. we could do another. Maybe yeah, we should we, do it. We save it for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 either way, um, that that is fascinating. Um, so, so, so either way, I'm going to play my, my ending music and then whatever comes, comes, but, but I thought this was fantastic. Well, this was fun. Thank you. And yeah, I, you say, know, isn't it a nice experience? Not, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Let me just New say Orleans. one more. No, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, even please. about New Orleans. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, because Katrina, that was made me think of Katrina. Yeah. So I just want to say to you, Joel, is because I think y'all are doing great and actually, being married and having kids uh-huh. is really hard. Uh-huh. I mean, it is so demanding. And after Katrina, I moved up here and I ended up living with a lot of different families because we had lost our home. We lost everything. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I lived with probably five different families that were, were a couple with children. Uh-huh. And, you know, I tell you what, it is, it is hard work. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. It's work. And people, it, it's, they struggle through it. And I mean, even the richest, you know, billionaires, I mean, they're still, they're working so hard to pull that together and hold stability for their children. So just know that, you know, you know, having some arguments here and there is just part of the nature of it yeah. because it is such a demanding. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a concept that both of us are, I mean, I, I, like I can have arguments without feeling like like I just feel like it's not easy to feel like what other people are judging upon it. You know, even no matter what outcome might be, I know arguments and like tension and hard struggles and whatever are all part of the game. That's fantastic. You can't get, but but also it's hard for me, but also hard for Sarah to get that too. You know, because like when there's arguments, she just thinks, well, this is you know. This is uh, this is disaster, you know. There can never be argument. If argument, then you're one of those, you know, bad couples or whatever like that. Right. You, you know, got to argue. Yeah. I mean, arguing is part of the, the nature of it yeah, because exactly. it's tense. Yeah. I mean, you know, having to hold yeah. things together and feed children three times a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Clean yeah. Them I mean, up. Talk about ha- having to get your shit together. You know what I mean? Man. You have to have it together for years and years straight on. No ands, ands or buts. You're getting up with those kids every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I know it's um I'm in it I'm in the yeah trenches you're doing right elder anyway you think you're doing great uh, but yeah yeah it's, that's 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 cool so now the flow is starting to to um well we're coming to the end I don't know where I was going there so but either <laughs> way, I, I'm let's go- fizzle this flow let's fizzle this flow a little bit <laughs> and nothing's better than a little bit of music this is one of my outro songs a little flute. So we can talk a little bit, just say, I don't know, just, well, that just was say fun. goodbye. That was yeah, really, that was it's fun. like your whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this nice studio and everything. Yeah. And it's just nice to find the flow wherever you can find it. Either way. So so um, this is uh, Joel signing out with, with Val. Thank you, Val. Bye. See you all later.